What's this? Columbus Crew. Columbus Crew signed Bradley Wright Phillips, man. Oh, energy, 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 energy. Energy. Oh, energy. oh my God, my son is signed for the Columbus Crew. Happy New Year. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh my God, he picked up his phone and saw it. That's so funny. <laughs> Look at Brad. Oh God, look at him. I remember when he was eating bubbles out my bar. <laughs> <laughs> look at him now. Signing for Columbus Crew. No, oh, that's so funny. God, that's it. I support Columbus Crew now. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to a special Righty's House on Ringer FC. We're kind of freestyling. We're going to just talk about stuff what we like to talk about, like moments of the year and Christmas. And you know what? When we when I first met the Stadio boys, which now seems like a seminal moment in my life, football stories and, you know, just we're just going to just have it, you know, because it's, um, it's that time of the year. And, you know, I'm spending it with the people I want to spend it with. And it's the final Righty's House of this year. So I'm just going to freestyle. You know what? I'm probably going to drink a glass of wine. Joining me, I'm going to have Ryan Hun, Musa Kwongo, and Jeanette Kwashe. This episode is brought to you by the Hyundai Santa Fe. For a capable SUV with intuitive tech and safety features designed for all your family's adventures, check out the new Hyundai Santa Fe. Learn more at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Everything dogs do, they give their 100%. Feed them food to help them keep giving it their all with Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Nutro, feed clean. Learn more at Nutro.com. Made with non-GMO ingredients, trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Listen, man, no, no Carl Anker. Carl couldn't make it today, but... Everyone's looking really lovely. Oh, and I, I had to go and get changed because I just came in my house clothes oh, and now I've had to put no, on, like, no, my level of drip. never come to Righty's house I, in just normal gear, man. I know, I was like, kind of just going to chill unks, isn't it? Just a quick, you know, quick yeah. hoodie and that. And now I've had to come prepared, Bring, you know. Jeanette, I'm surprised you didn't come correct. You made a career out of, like, no, making... I, good, I, don't, I don't, you, I don't. You made don't. a career please, out of please. starting... You, you oh, made no. you, oh. being an elite starter and you were slow from the block. <laughs> I, I was, say. I really was. But it's, you know, it's the whole year. You, you were know, lacking. Everything yeah, slowed yeah. me down this year, but I'll be back 2021. I'm going to come yeah, correct man. every single time, just to impress every I'm time. I'm coming hard 2020. I'm going to, I'm going hard 2021, you know, I'm going to, I'm going. You're going hard now. What are you pouring? Exactly. <laughs> man, did you see that? Did you see my pour? I tried to do that undercover. <laughs> we tried to do it on the slide. What have you got in your glass? I got vodka and soda and lime. Ooh. Gone in. Listen. Gone vodka Good and soda. dark. Yeah. And, and 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 you know what as well? I'm not I'm very heavy-handed. And this you see this time Christmas time. See, look, I'm even see me just smick there, right? <laughs> This time I'm heavy-handed with a drink. You know when I wake up at Christmas, I literally start drinking as soon as I wake up. What do you, you go for? No, man, I'll start with Prosecco, bro. Yeah, I'll, wow. yeah I'll start with Prosecco yeah, and champagne okay. and I get dressed. I'll take a picture and I'll send it to you guys. I literally put on my be- whatever's my best suit at that particular time. I put that yeah. all on 
and I've got that on in the morning. And then as the day goes by, you, you kind of strip down because I'm getting more and more like soiled. Vibes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I love <laughs> Where's it. Where's this going? I'm getting more and more like... So by the time, by the time bedtime comes, what are you wearing? No, man. <laughs> no, but do you know, what I said to Ryan is, what I do, Moose, is that because I've got so many films, I'll just get to that place where I'm so kind of like ready, man. I'm just ready. Yeah. And then I'll just go to all the favourite parts in the films what I love. Christmas is really nostalgic for so many people, isn't it? Like yeah. you just go back. You go back and you think about, right, you look at old pictures sometimes. It, it just brings up different emotions, isn't it? Like what Christmas was like and all that kind of stuff. I was saying to Ryan, it was such a, sh- it was shit for me when I was younger. Really? So bad. And, and the thing about it is, is that I'm not saying it because I want it to be, oh, I, I want any kind of sympathy because now it literally means the whole world to me, the lead up and everything. But when I was younger, um, I went through that phase where um, it was, it, I, I was so excited about it because you think you're going to get that thing. I, oh, I wanted a bike from the time I could, I, I had sense. So the time I could remember. So from about six till I'd say 13, <laughs> yeah. I never got it. I never got it. And, and the thing with that was, is that it was always pajamas or a jumper, you know? And, you know, it was literally every year. And then when my sister came along, she got everything, bro. <laughs> oh my God. Everything. It was hard. So then, so I went through that phase of my life where thinking, well, Christmas is going to be shit for me because I'm not going to get what I want. I'm going to lie about what I've got. I used to even lie about pancake day. We never had pancakes in our Oh, life. Ian, and then when them guys, And when them guys used to go to school and say how many pancakes I had, I said, yeah, I had so many as well. Oh never, had pancakes. never had oh, pancakes, man. bro. So oh, it was one of those situations. Once I, start, once I went through my teens and adolescence and that, then you get to be a professional footballer and you can't celebrate Christmas. Mm, so bro. all from, from that age, all the way through those years, my teen years, adolescence, all that year, to 21, 22, when I got into Palace. And then from there, another 16 years, to, to, you know, no more Christmas. And then I started to enjoy Christmas when I was 40. Hey, right. Look at you now. Look at you now. <laughs> That's at, what I'm saying. He's got Roxanne's hat on. <laughs> yeah, that was- <laughs> Give, give, give her a hat back. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, but you know, for Christmas, like Christmas dinner, I feel that pressure these days because obviously like everyone comes to our house, obviously can't mm. do it this year, but like yeah. these days, like everyone's on Instagram and they're putting up their best dinner and their best food. I'm and I'm totally like, off. oh my God, no, my table settings no. are all there. My table settings are off. No, no, like, no, I, feel, no. I feel so much pressure. I mean, so don't you feel, I, oh, no, I feel no, Jeanette, Jeanette, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really hardline about this. Mm. Really intimate meals like that don't go anywhere in their social media. Mm. Oh, it's too much. You're having a really bad time if you've got time to tweet about it. I'll send you guys, but we're not doing that. It's the same with my wife. We don't do that on holiday neither. We don't yeah. spend. So intimate. Those, so intimate. Yes, because everything is just, it's, everything shouldn't be up for grabs. Yeah, no, it's not no, sacred, no. is it? There's, You're nothing right. that's, there's nothing that we've got now. We, you know, nothing mm. that we've got, but we've got that. Yeah. And it's the same with my little, little, she has to get the iPhone for her Christmas now because she can't get the apps, Lola. She's 10, but like literally the pressure me and Nance were under because at school, everyone's got a phone and not just a phone, the phone. Oh my God. There's kids at the school with better Top phones than me. Oh my right? God. And so, on, so a couple of her friends are on TikTok. <sighs> I mean, it is vibes. To be fair. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, vibes. right, right. The thing is, you lot will get to this point at some stage, fingers crossed you do, because it's a beautiful thing. But 
She has to get a phone because like we need to make sure that we can contact and this and that. But I am petrified because it's the phones first. And Jeanette will, and then at some stage it's, mm. it's going to be, well, can't I just have this app? So mm-hmm. everything with the phone is going to be linked to us. But yeah, like, it's the pressure of that course. she's under at school, at school yeah, to act, well, you haven't got this. And, and I said to her, do, if you get this, if, I said to Nancy, I said, if she gets this phone, do not pressure me for apps. She's not getting them. You should just get her, um, just get her stat zone. And then all of a sudden, instead of talking about TikTok, she'll just be like, did you see the amount of completed passes Arsenal had in the final third? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. You're dangerous. Oh my god! After like six months, you're just <laughs> like, I wish you could go on TikTok. <laughs> she could be my stats person. Yeah, little stato. That's a good shout. When a problem is that broken, sometimes you just need a fresh pair of mates. <laughs> <laughs> Talk of futuristic presents. I will love my mum forever for the day at Christmas. I received a silver Casio watch with a calculator on it. Wow. Amazing! I know that's that like exactly what you're talking about. Face. Yeah. Oh, like the moon landing. You know when like the world changes forever? I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> Open this present and it was so, it was like science fiction, a calculator on, on a watch. On a watch, bro. Are you joking? A silver watch. Everyone else, has a, everyone else has some different, <laughs> I, I remember it now. It was like, honestly, it was, the world changed. Do you, yeah, you, still, but, get, do you still get gifts now, Moose? Like, do you get yeah. gifts? Who gives you gifts? Um, do you know what's funny? So in my family, I, I, go, I do get gifts, but I'm not fussy about them. What I do, I tend to, I get gifts now and again, normally clothing, but what I would do in my family is I always buy books for them because a book is the one thing you're guaranteed not to have. Mm. And also a book basically represents the year they've had. So for example, like if I've got one relative who's like really into music or sound, mm. I'll be like, okay, a book on sound engineering or a book on like, you know, that's really good sound. How do you record really good sound in a safe field setting or a book on songwriting, if they're really into that that year. So almost every, if you look over the last five years, the book will be, the last five years will be like a library of their journey to that point. Mm. And what they seem to like is the fact that I've really interpreted like what they've been going through. Wow. Mm. That's, that's what I tend to buy. That's really thoughtful. Yeah. My mother-in-law does that. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. My mother-in-law does that. She's got, I mean, when I first started to go out with, um, with my wife, Nance, she, I, I used to go to the house and look, they've, she's got photographs of them from, from time they were born to now, you know, and I, I could go through all of those. And now, obviously, since the, from the last 14 years, I'm now involved in them. It was really weird because they're very, they're hippified people, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, they're hippie people. And so there's a lot of nakedness. And when you just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I when wasn't you sure start- you were going with that. <laughs> Where's he going with this hippie fight? I thought I was expecting like there's a lot of blue hair. Or yeah, like you know, just no, no, good no. vibes. I'm you know? telling you exactly how it is. This is the problem I have because like drinking, I don't. I'm not a great drinker. I've never done it, and even with the Arsenal stuff, with the Arsenal Tuesday Club, I struggled with that. Struggled with it when I was younger because of my mum and my brother, my stepdad, how much they drank and how bad it was. But when I drink, I can't stop going to the toilet, and I can't <laughs> stop. I can't stop talking. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm similar. I'm very Can similar. Can I stop talking? <laughs> yeah. Really? It depends you what know? you're drinking though, innit? It depends no, no, no. what you're drinking. Guinness, Guinness sends me straight to the toilet. Literally, <laughs> as soon as it comes in, I've literally, and I've just literally got to go straight to the toilet. As soon as it goes in my mouth and I finish it, bam, I've gone straight to the toilet. Oh, but Guinness <laughs> is the drink of the gods. Oh my goodness. It's colossal, man. Oh, Guinness is monumental. I was saying something. Yeah, there's, only, there's, a, there's only a few places in Berlin that you can get a proper... proper no, 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 but the water's wrong. Whatever you lot are getting Guinness, if it's not in Ireland or you're not getting St. James's water, 
You're not drinking Guinness. It wasn't my pub. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they managed to do it, but it's, I don't know if they smuggle it in, but every now and again in different countries, you find amazing Guinness. Having Nigeria. Nigerian Guinness oh, is oh, the one, yeah, isn't it? Nigeria. That's, that's, that's next level, Nigerian Guinness. Yeah, yeah, that's Nigeria, the one. Nigeria, bro. The sappers. Doing Guinness, sappers. That's, that's the holy grail of Guinness. You see that, guys? guys? Did you see the sappers? I want to see more. Yeah, oh, those guys yeah, yeah, yeah. Who get dressed up, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're amazing. The Congolese ones as well. They're, they're amazing. Wow. Yeah. See, drip. Because look, look at this. Awesome. You lot, look how you lot have turned up to the party. Listen, it's calm. It's calm. It's calm, it's calm isn't it's calm, it? You know what I mean? It's like, this is light work. This is light work. Light work. <laughs> Listen to me say, you know, big chat. That's light work. Look, look, look how he's drinking a drink. Wow. Um, but you know, <laughs> like I said, with Christmas, I'm, I'm zoned out, bro. I'm going to start with Prosecco. I've got a nice one from a really nice Italian guy that, you know, when he gave it to me, he, he, he made it himself. It was from his, like, vineyard. And I go to, you know what, when you not come, when we do get together, I'm going to oh take you to his restaurant. I actually can't wait for that. When like, we get together, you know what, it's so, <laughs> it's so brilliant just looking forward to us all being together. I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> I probably, will, will, I probably cry. will cry. That's the kind of thing. It's, I probably will cry because, like, Sorry, I need to cry the first time I met you anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Oh dear. Here we so, go. Hang on, hang on. We need to talk about this. Bro. Here we go. Jordan, right? So basically, right. So, I mean, we, we'd only started studying in like the July, August, right? And this was what, October, November? Yeah. I think when Arsenal played Victoria at home, Pepe scored those, came on and scored those two goals. Yes. Oh, yeah. what heady days they were. So we were interviewing Ian because Musa obviously has been writing for a long time and Wrighty knew about his stuff and Roscoe knew about his stuff and they connected. And, um, and then, so we got it. We were going to interview with the stadio. So we're in the Adidas box at Arsenal. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm about to meet Ian Wright. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a really big deal. You're right, you're <laughs> <safe>. <laughs> so Wright, he comes in and he, get, he goes right up to Moose. He's like, yes, Moose. Straight away, hugs him. And, he's, and then he just goes, yes, Wright. And hugs me. And I was just like. He wanted to melt in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wanted to melt. This is quite fun. And I remember asking you later because I got a little bit nervous and I didn't want to overstep. I mean, anyway, we did the interview. It was amazing. They brought us pie and mash as well from Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. I was like, can't shut them out. They got closed down, bro. Oh no, oh, no man. It's oh, heartbreak. No. Go on, right? What was you um, saying there? But then uh, I remember later on being like, can I call you righty or do I call you Ian? <laughs> You asked him. Yeah. Forward. Because I didn't want to I didn't want to overstep. Like I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, right. Uh yeah, what do you think, righty, righty? Because I didn't know what the no. deal was. And he was just like, you can be whatever you want, man. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, do you know it's like Jeanette, it was like Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. It was like it was, like, it was so wholesome, like Oh Ryan. You know, it was so funny. Even when you're literally talking about it now, you sound and look as if like you just remember it so vividly. Like yeah. that was a perfect moment for you. Well, it's really strange because it's like, it, because, I mean, obviously he's right there, right? So we have to be careful. <laughs> but it's like, it's really weird. Like there were a couple, there's been a couple of times before where I've done some work with people who have, you know, idolized before I've known them. Yeah. And it's a really strange thing because it's almost like they're two different people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. you know that they're the same person, but they're kind of two different people. It's just like... Does it make you feel yeah. weird, right? Like when, you know when people come up to you and they speak about like your yeah. influence on their life. Yeah, mm. yeah, because remember, Jeanette, because of the way I went, I'm, you're not thinking about, I want to play football because I want to change this. I want to play a footballer because I want to score goals. Mm. And I, I, I just want to score goals. 
So then you get into it and you're scoring goals. And all of a sudden, this is where the role model thing comes in, where people talk about being a role model. You're not a role model by choice. You're a role model because someone sees you do stuff and they instantly like you and love you and they want to do what you do. So now you are, you have to act accordingly because now you've got people who are, for want of a better word, following what you do and you now have to act accordingly, which is not a problem, which is not a problem. But what has always been weird is, is, is when people say stuff like that, what Ryan says, mm. you know, when you, you know, because it wasn't mapped out for me to be how it was. Of course. Mm. Right. So it's really strange because one of the things that I've found the most difficult to deal with is the fact that people recognize you and the fame. Mm. The fame has been hard. I, and, the, and, and what I've found is I've had three grown men come up to me in the street and, and, and cried. Wow. And cried. You know, that and that, is, oh when, you know, and, and they've cried because of what you've done. And like, there was two of them whose dad, they, 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 I was their dad's favorite player. And they oh, used to wow. bring me and they used to say to you, watch him, look how he plays, look how he plays with passion and love and this and that. And he said, I just want to thank you for giving me those moments with my dad, making me emotional now, giving wow. those moments with my dad, who's now passed away, who literally idolized you for the way you played. Wow. And the thing about it is, Musa, is that, you hear when the young guys talk about myself when um they, and they call me like genetic uncle and all that sort of stuff. It's very mm. it's an unbelievable term of endearment. But while you're doing it, Musa, you don't realize that uh, guys that um, you're influencing certain people's thoughts and thinking. And you know, yeah. listening to someone like Idris Elba say, "Listen, Thierry was unbelievable player, but it was righty for me because whoa, righty was whoa. us. Righty was us on there dancing and bogling and." doing what he was just doing it and saying. And, and, you know, so it's only when you stop now, Moose, and I'm where I am now looking back on what people think, it's very hard to kind of like um, digest it because it was not what I went in for. Mm. I just went in because it was my whole dream just to play and score. And then you end up getting to some place where people just, just really like you. Do you know what's really weird? Like Moose and Wright, you probably, you can see this as well. It's like, where you stopped playing years ago, there's still a generation of people that look to what you did and what you're doing now. Like, and I think that's so powerful because there are not many footballers from your era that have been able to do that. In fact, I, I can't even, I can't pinpoint any that have that much influence on popular culture as it is today. And that's, that's pretty special And that because you're so authentic with it, that for you shows people that you are the guy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> look, look at his face like what you're saying about the authenticity Jeanette was really really key because like you know when you meet your heroes or whatever or you meet people who have influenced you or you've like loved their work as like music or whatever like that and they're a bit of a bit of a dick oh right? man it's the worst and it's just it? the worst and mm. I think the thing that was so so great about this and I don't want to let people too far behind the curtain but it just it was super organic like we didn't really speak that often mm. we followed each other on Twitter yeah. Musa did some writing stuff with them we helped on a couple of things but then it was like a super organic thing. So it never felt like that same Ian Wright anymore. It was like, oh, actually this is the, you're dealing with the human as opposed to the Arsenal legend. Right. Mm -hmm. The thing with the, um, with the fame side of it, I remember when I was younger, I remember saying to him, I want to be rich and famous. Mm. And um, what I found out about the, the fame side of it is that it, especially in these particular times, mm. it's that I would take everything what I've done without fame. Okay. It's, done, it's brought nothing to me. It's not enriched me in any way. And that's what I would try to explain to people about the, yeah. the, the fame side of it. Don't, don't feel that that is something that is something. 
It's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It really, mm. really is. And it's even like with my, meeting you two, because then listening to Stadio and then the, the intimidation factor. <laughs> Jeanette, <laughs> the intimidation Dang. factor. When man is talking about teams in the lower regions of Germany where... They know it. They're so deep with it. There's people there. They will know everything. They know everything. About and Ryan said, and then I remember what it was, right? Because I remember that that time because Roscoe said, "Yeah, man, they just want to, just want to talk about this, like a, like the science of goal scoring." And we, we'll have mm. to go on to like remember what I yeah, put in yeah. the, the WhatsApp group today. When you lot wanted to talk about, it, I was thinking to myself, "What science? I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm just finishing." <laughs> Too many footballers are interviewed or ex-footballers are interviewed without anyone genuinely showing an appreciation for their craft. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's more like, oh, wow, what about when you won this? Or like, give us a story on this yeah. guy. So it was just like, actually, I want to hear about, you know, this, 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 what goes through your head. You're making like millions and millions yes, of micro Do you guys, do Musa, so Musa and Ryan, do you, st- do you, you see it as science, okay? But I will look at, Right, you know, look at you know prolific strikers, and I'll see it as art. It's both. Is, yeah, is it both? Yeah. Okay, so where, where where is it? It's like Da Vinci. Okay, right so you see you see right. it as both. I see it as art. I see it as art. It's like an architect and a. It's like doing architecture and composing an orchestra in real time. That's how I see what Iniesta does. So, like for example, if I ever if I spoke fluent Spanish, I'd love to talk to Iniesta and be like, "See that when they he scores that goal in the final." in 2010, he starts it with a back heel on the halfway line. He gets the ball and does a back heel and then he, he goes and I'm like, you did that back heel for a reason. Why did you choose to take that touch? Why did you choose to... There's, a, there's an amazing goal that Arsenal score on the counter-attack when Mesut Ozil gets the ball. Drink, sorry, Mesut Ozil. Um, <laughs> oh, is that, are we doing a bingo? Listen, I didn't realise. Wait till he mentions Fernando Redondo. Oh, oh good. Okay, go Ryan, on. you know the goal that I mean. The one when he's, the Emirates is packed and the ball comes in the halfway line to Ozil. To, um, yeah, it's against Leicester. Yes, and everyone knows that it's on. And I'd love to ask Iniesta the science and the art of the moment when you know that it's on. When the break, you look up ahead of you and there's like 60 yards ahead of you and the field is broken, but no one mm. can see it's broken yet. You're the only mm. guy that can see it's broken. Because of what you've done. And, yeah, and what signal do you give to everyone? Like, like daddy's home, start running. That's his as the only other el- elite athlete involved in Ryan's house. Elite, um, elite athlete. Elite, elite athlete. Yeah. Elite. Um, <laughs> like, just elite levels the levels here are like i don't even have it, enough, it, i don't even it, i don't even have a, a, a calculator no, that can go up that high no. <laughs> when you were running though or like were there days where could you basically clock say even like how many steps were there when you would be like yeah. right, today did you did it today's happen? the day yeah yeah, yeah of course absolutely it. like wow. right you will know you feel it and that's why i call it art because you wake up in the morning you say right today's the day there's no there's no science behind it yes you might have done all the the, the, the biometrics and whatever in um in in training but when you come to the day and you know it's your day you've got the crowd you've got the occasion it's like writing a song it's exactly what musa just said when you know you describe that goal and you talk about you know everything every element that's gone into that even the way you describe it to me that sounds like poetry because that's kind of how i see it and you know you you come out of the blocks or you get the right jump you nail it yeah 
But you know what, Jeanette? It's like you, you say that, like, and people talk about, Bur- when we talked about Burkamp's goal at Newcastle, oh my God. And, and the thing is, sitting with Dennis. Sorry, sorry. Come on. Drink. We have sorry, to drink. Bro. We have to drink the Burkamp. Oh, Burkamp. Oh, you lot, listen. You I've can't mention Burkamp and not drink. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Honestly, the thing of it is, Jeanette, that you talk about art and what, what I realise now, and this is why I was going to say about Traore's goal for Villa, why... People, why you can't speak to a normal person and just throw out an, an, uh, um, an example and say, you know something, it's the kind of goal that Messi would score, right? It's yeah. the kind of goal that Messi would score. And the way Traore done it, you know what, guys? I've watched it 15 times because what you have to see is, and what people have to understand is because of the opposition and it's Villa and it's Traore, so people will just see that goal and go, yeah, that, yeah, he scored. Let me tell you something. That goal was of the highest quality. So good. Right? Yes. Of the highest quality. Not even, I'm, I'm not even, and I'm not talking about my man, Jack Grealish, our meow man. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even talking about the meow man, right? Where he can <laughs> lay yeah. that ball into him. But the way that Triori finished it, because when I watched it, you have to see the goalkeeper. And it's another thing with David Seaman. The goalkeeper has to try and anticipate what you are going to try and do, right? So yeah. when Traore gets that ball, and you guys watch it again, when Traore gets the ball and takes the touch, the goalkeeper's now thinking, right, he's taking the touch, his head's down, he's getting himself set, bam, he's taking the shot. And when you look at the pace in which the ball goes into the net, you think to yourself, what's happened to the goalkeeper there? Because Traore's skill and a touch and, and, and just like he's, the artistry of it, what he's done, it's just, it's just it's killed it. It's, it's, it's just a perfect moment for the striker. And the way he's been playing this year, and the thing about Villa this year, Villa are like, um, they're like a really amazing rapper mm-hmm. who doesn't sell the most records, but releases the best mixtapes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That's it's one yeah. of the great you know, you know, before Lil Wayne went on that massive run with his albums, but he was collaborating with everyone. Mm. Yeah. Villa right now are like that. But you see, yeah. with, with the, you see, like I say, it's the kind of goal that you watch and people, when you say, oh God, it's the kind of goal, if Messi scored it, people say, what an unbelievable goal. And, it, and people mm. say that and they kind of like belittle that statement. Oh, what an unbelievable goal Messi's done. He's, he's a genius. What Traore done in that moment was, it was, it was genius kind of, it was genius. The goalkeeper mm. should not yes. be beaten with a shot of that pace from where oh my goodness. he was. Yes. And this is why when I looked at it, I thought, this is just something, this is special. Yeah. It's an intellectual finish. It's, it's an intellectual yeah. finish. special, right? We were talking about it on Stadio after the Man United-Leeds game where we were talking about McTominay's second. Yeah. Yes. yeah. He does the second. Mm. This is where I think the sweet spot of where athletes are. It's like, in, it's kind of like part artistry, part scientist because mm. you have the calculations there. But then you could, it's mm. like, it's like when Moose said about architecture before, it's kind of like having the plans and yes. throwing up like a freestyle bucket of paint in the yeah, air man. and then building mm, the house. The just in time. Jackson Pollock, yeah. Jackson yeah, no, Pollock. Okay, you know okay. I mean? it's like, so it's like, you have it all. It's, it's, in, it's incredible if you think about it. But it's interesting how you both break it down. Because literally as the athlete or the footballer, you're just doing what you do. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You're doing what you practice. You're going in every day. And you're thinking, right, I'm on it today. And you just, and you are literally doing what you execute yeah, but then, in Jeanette, training. You look at someone like Traore and what I've seen with the way he scores that goal you just want to make sure that he got he has all the other elements of the game to make him go to where his ability yeah. is, yeah. where he should be. Because what he's done in that instant makes me know that he can go to the highest level of football. It's like 
again, with the artistry, I remember Dennis done a bit of skill and then played in Freddie Lundberg. I think it was Juventus, guys. I can watch it over and over again. It's like watching, if they had classical music to it and slowed it down, like I saw them do with Zidane one time, that would be, it would be like something that's beautiful. It's a work of art. It's but if you say it's like classical music, the thing is though, when he does that, because it's like when he does that little pirouette and waits for it and then flicks it in between. Yes, the with the little bump. When he flicks it, I think there'd be like a record scratch net and just be bring the ruckus by Wu-Tang. This episode is brought to you by Nutro Natural Choice Dog Food. Tail wags that could clear a coffee table. Getting a whiff of a new friend's behind. Chasing squirrels, even in their sleep. Everything dogs do, they do with everything they have. Nutro Clean Recipes gives them the energy they need to keep living their best life with recipes that help them give it their all. Made with non-GMO ingredients, except the trace amounts that may come in contact during manufacturing, Nutro Natural Choice makes it easy to feed your dog well. With no artificial flavors or preservatives and recipes that would make any dog drool, you'll both be doing a happy dance when you fill up their bowl. Nutro. Feed clean. Learn more at Nutro.com. Trace amounts may be present due to potential cross-contact during manufacturing. This episode is brought to you by the Hyundai Santa Fe. Around the bend, across the pond, off the beaten path, there's a lot of ways to say you're going places, but only one SUV that helps you get there as a family, the newly redesigned Hyundai Santa Fe. It's the SUV made for getting out there and doing more together. Take the scenic route with available H-Track all-wheel drive and a suite of intuitive safety features for more peace of mind. Plus, you'll stay comfortable wherever you're headed with the Santa Fe's available premium Napa leather seating, generous room for five, and sophisticated interior styling. Learn more about the Santa Fe by going to HyundaiUSA.com. The Burkamp assist on the edge of the box against Juventus is amazing because what he does is he literally waits mm. for Jungberg to catch him up. Yes. He's like two defenders he's holding off. And his, the way he moves his body. Yeah, moves, it's like I said to you, when we first started training together and, it, and, uh, and the ball it, kept yeah. hitting me. Oh my God. I was too like- far in front of him. <laughs> I was too far in front of him. I right. love, I love, there was a couple of comments underneath that video were just like, just sounds like a shit pass to me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> right, what you said before about, um, about the Traore thing and the reason that I'd say like that it is, probably equal part art, part science is because like he's essentially made a calculation there. He's made a physics calculation. It's yes, like, yes, yes, yes. It's basically yeah. physics. He knows yeah. at that moment, the guy's, the, the, the goalkeeper's the keeper's, setting himself. The keeper's yeah. weight is off. And if he, all he has to do is hit it at that trajectory and pace. Yeah, right. and like that's, that's, yeah, but right. Like it's, 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 it's just like, how quickly uh, that all calculates. Yeah, it's exactly. it's also, like, Ian, how often can he do that? Like how often can Don't you know. nail it like that? No. You can't. Because like I say, I'm, I'm still very, how can I put Because of my schooling and leaving school at 14 and, and going straight to the building site, you know, this is why when Arsene Wenger said things like, where did this football intelligence come from with you? You know, when he said things like that, at first I was quite, um, it used to make me feel, how did it make me feel? It made me feel a little bit like, um, well, normally, yeah, but well, I'm not really that academic, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
But the fact is, I know now I'm born to play football, just like people like Dennis Burkham is born to play football. And so I can't tell him how I learned because he was always fascinated when I do stuff afterwards, when we watch the videos, that the movement that you made and all the, and the finish and how you finish like this. He never, he was always fascinated with how, where'd you do that? Because I came into the game at 22. He doesn't know where it came from. I don't know where it came from. The reason you don't regard your intelligence a lot of the time as like actual academic intelligence is because no one validated it. Because the school didn't give you a certificate. But that's nonsense because that, that form of validation is relatively new, right? Mm. And the reason, the thing we do on Stadio a lot, and Ryan and I are very passionate about this, is this concept of footballing intelligence versus academic, they're not, they're the same thing. So they're the same thing. Intelligent. The, the, the reason why people don't call it intelligence, Ian, is because it's intimidating for a lot of journalists to admit that a footballer- Is more intelligent. Didn't go, who didn't finish exact. Thank you. He's more intelligent Thank you, because the calculations you are making, put it this way, I've said this a lot of times, Ryan, an air traffic controller, what is their job? To control the flight of planes, whatever. But Chavi's brain basically is like an air traffic controller's wow. brain. It's true. No one would ever, it is, it's yes, the same thing. Chavi just, a lot of people say to me, and I'm sorry to go off on a bit, there's a bit of a rant here, but very quick, I'll be finished in a second. I'll do it, bro. A, lot of, a lot of people go, oh my God, footballs can't articulate themselves. I said, yeah, because you've stuck a camera under their nose in the floodlights of about 80,000 people. If you sit down for a coffee and say to somebody, when you scored this goal, when you began this counterattack, what was the process? And someone will be like, Urz will be like, well, I saw Kaka running left. And Kaka, when he runs left, he doesn't want the ball. That's his decoy run. Yes. Mm. Benzema went central. So Benzema was basically saying to me, I want the ball on the second possession, not the first possession. Mm. Because if I get it in the first possession, the field is still closed. The yeah. second possession is broken. Cristiano went right because Cristiano wanted to switch left at the last minute. And Di Maria was basically a hovering guy. He was square to me mm. like a second central midfielder on the counterattack. So when we counterattack, we were a 4 2 4. That is what Urza will tell you mm. if you ask him the right question. He's got, it, he's got the picture. Yes. Yeah. So my entire, my entire passion is getting footballers who were raised in a working class environment. We didn't see themselves as academic, but actually are cleverer than all of us. Yeah. All of us. Because they're basically, look, you look at a trader on the floor, a trader who makes tens of millions a year, you'll never call them stupid. You never say, oh, he's got trading intelligence. She's got strict, you know, they have got trading intelligence. But for some reason, we patronize footballers by saying, Oh, it's football. Is it because we come from working class background. Yeah. Yes. Jack Greenwich. Oh, you're yeah. Jack Greenwich. No. Jack Greenwich is a genius. Jack mm. Greenwich, what he calculates, yeah. you don't beat you don't beat Liverpool on seven two on thirty percent possession if you're not a footballing yes. genius. It doesn't it's he's, not yeah. doesn't make any sense. Make he's not just he's not just a genius. He's a he's a meow. He's a meow. meow. <laughs> you know what worries me? I was listening to the show the other day, Moose, and you made a great point about almost in home, almost inviting people to, to foul him in the way he is. I yes. really worry for him because, and you know what? I'm going to have to have a drink to this guy I'm going to mention because yeah. the hopes I had for him and the fact that it's, you know, we're now that he hasn't even got a club now, Jack Wilshire. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Respect. Drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> is that I see the same thing and, 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 with Jack, I know he's a stronger Jack. I'm talking about Jack Grealish now, not Jack Wilshire. But with Jack, he's, I know he's strong and he can run and everything. But he has to be careful yes. in the way he's playing now. Do you know who he reminds me of? He's our Rui Costa. Rui Costa was amazing. He's our Rui. You know, I say this because the amount if Rui Costa was basically if Rui Costa was English, or you know, with Irish heritage, just you know, Grealish, he would be doing. And if Rui Costa basically was in a relegation battle, and this is what makes Grealish so special. 
He played that style of football in a relegation. Yes, there's, an amazing, there's an amazing comment that Carl made. Carl made an incredible comment on the podcast. I love this last Righty's House episode. And my only criticism of it is that I'd love to have been part of it because I was like, I'm missing out. It was like a kid. Like a kid who was grounded. Yeah, yes, I had FOMO. Righty's House, and I'm not on it. I'm so jealous of the people on it because it's so much fun. And Carl made this incredible point. Shout out to Carl who can't be with us tonight um, about when you're in a relegation battle, you can't create. Mm-hmm. And Grealish is genius. And there's very few people who can create a rele- relegation battle. Grealish, Carlos Tevez, mm-hmm. and a few others. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Rui Costa's game, even down to the kind of like, socks rolled down and the big yeah. calf ankles, he would run into multiple coverage. And Fiorentina knew, they knew Batistuta was a monster, right? You can't stop a demon. The only way to stop a demon is by closing the gates of hell, right? <laughs> and... <laughs> Rui Costa, Rui Costa was the gates of hell for Fiorentina. If you stop Rui Costa, you stop him. You stop the DB, yeah. right? Oh, they couldn't. And you look at like that Fiorentina team, that had like Sandro Coes, all those mm. guys, very functional players, right? Functional, Sandro Coes. If you stop Costa, he's the guy. The problem with Grealish is you couldn't stop him. You see, this is why um, the attitude of him though, the attitude yeah, of that's Grealish, right, Moose? Ryan, the thing with, uh, and this is what I'm saying, Jeanette, the thing with, with Grealish, right, is that, yes, and, and, and you know, when Roy Keane, right, when I'm sitting there watching yes. with Roy Keane when we're doing the England games, when Roy Keane says the thing, you know what I love with him? Never, yes. ever hides. Mm-hmm. He will take the yep. ball in any situation, yes. in any scenario, yes. wherever he is um, and whoever no he's fear. playing for, right? No fear. This is the problem. And like, Jeanette, you asked a question the, the other day and a couple of people have text, uh, like, text me and stuff and I've seen it saying about... Um, you know, what do you do in this, in this moment is you stand up. That's what oh my God, you I love stand, this. I love this. you stand up and he is naturally right guys. He's naturally, yeah. he naturally stands up. He leads by example. He doesn't hide. That. Iniesta did that. And actually to be honest, Samir Nasri did that. Samir Nasri's ball retention in tight spaces. And the biggest compliment I can give, Leo Messi talking about Iniesta said that in really tight games, he likes Iniesta close to him. He was always open. He was the guy that would always make himself available. And it's weird because like, I don't have kids on my own. If I ever did it, it'd be like, you know, almost like always be ready to receive possession. Mm. Like always be there for your mates in the awkward moments when everyone else is like a bit afraid to hear what you have to say, be the person that receives possession. Mm. You know what I'm wondering? Jenny, can I ask you a question about that? Because like, obviously when you were doing Relay, because mm. my knowledge of Relay is not great. I mean, I know what happens, but I don't know. Like, I'm always scared that one of them is going to drop I'm always scared of that. Yeah. Are there people who are just like, I'll go anywhere. And there are some people who are like, I have to go first. I have to go second. Let me me tell you a story, right? So 2008 Olympic final, right? We're in the- Sorry, sorry. Hang on. Four by one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) You can't just play 2008 Olympic final. We don't take a drink. (laughs) 2008 (laughs) Olympic final. We're not drinking. I I, I didn't mean to flex. I didn't mean to flex. (laughs) Guys, did you hear the clang of that? I didn't mean to flex. Oh my God. <laughs> no digits enough for this level. No. <laughs> 2008 Olympic final. Brilliant. Because that's big. Anyway, right. So I, 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 as, as, as I was always a quick starter, and it's really interesting me talking, when you're talking about, you know, having the right people around you and making sure that your team, you're a team, mm-hmm. essentially, you know, the right yeah, mindset. Yeah. 
the thing about relay that's really interesting is that you're asking four sprinters mm. who've been competing against each other all year to come together and work as a team for oh a day, yeah. which for me blows my mind, right? So we're in this final and I'd always do first leg. Uh, I had I had a fast start. That was my strongest. I'd do the first leg and off I went. So um, this particular final, the USA had dropped the baton in the heats. They were out. So it was open season. Wow. Like It was like, whoever wants a medal, oh let's God. go for it. So we were lined up against Jamaica, Russia, Belgium, Nigeria. We were in for a good shout. Mm. Anyway, um, I was on the first leg, but in the cool room, before we go out onto the track, you've got about 20 minutes or so with your teammates and you're talking and you're just trying to make sure everyone's okay. One of the girls mm. um, was really nervous mm. and I could see it and I could really, really see that she was nervous. And I'm like, right, what do we do here to make sure that she feels calmer in the next 20 minutes? She was so nervous to the point where, guys, she was asking me where her trainers were, wow. going through her bag, Looking for her trainers, guys, they were trainers were on her feet. And I thought, ah, oh oh, we're done at it. Like, this is, wow. this is like, That's that is where her head was at. It happened. Yeah. And I just thought, right, well, come on, we can do this because she's solid. And I'm thinking, yes. like, you're good, you're good, you're good. Anyway, we get out there and it just so happens we're mm. in a gold medal um, uh, battle with Jamaica down the back straight. So I've mm. passed on to second leg. It's gold medal, Jamaica, silver medal, um, UK. And then um, she fumbles. The girl who, yeah, oh, she fumbles. Wow. Yeah, they fumble it. And Jamaica also fumble. In the end, it goes on to be, I th- I th- who won that? Was it Russia? Who later got disqualified, obviously, oh. many years later. Um, and then I think Belgium in the end ended up with the gold medal. It was that open. And it just makes you wonder. It makes you think like it's so hard to come together as a team, which is why I admire footballers yes. so, no. so much who are yeah. able to have that type of change. This episode is brought to you by 3M. 3M has always been driven to improve lives with science and innovation. It's this forward-thinking mindset that led 3M to invent household items you've come to know and love, like post-it notes and command hooks. But 3M believes they have a responsibility to use their science to improve lives in even more ways. That's why they're responding to the COVID-19 crisis by working on solutions for some of today's biggest challenges. As a leading provider of personal protective equipment, 3M is producing critical products for healthcare workers and first responders and donating to local and humanitarian aid partners around the globe. They're also making more respirators than ever before, with plants working around the clock, producing more than 95 million respirators per month in the U.S., helping those on the front lines continue the fight. 3M Science. Applied to life. Learn more about how 3M is helping the world respond to the COVID-19 pandemic at 3M.com slash COVID. I swear to God, the nerves. It could finish you off. Honestly, the playing for England against Italy in 97 in the Olympic Stadium in Rome. And I remember, right, it was, I, I tell you what, it was the same squad where Paul Ince got the captaincy. He was, he was named captain because we shared rooms, right? Yeah. And I remember when we first met up in the squad, guys, so you go and train and you're fine and this and that. And it's the second day. So we had a week when we were together um, leading up to this because it was big. It was us to qualify. And I remember yeah. after the second day, I was playing in training and I was flicking the ball around, flicking it one touch. And Glenn Hoddle, guys, he fucking... Mm. Balled me out, bro. Wow. He balled me out like, what the fucking hold it? 
fucking flicking all the time. When he done that, yeah, I knew I was playing, right? I knew I was playing. So we're talking about the Tuesday and we was playing on the Saturday or whatever it was. So my mind from then, as nervous as I was, because you remember all the press, all those guys that, 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 that always saying that he's not good enough, he can't link the play, he can't do this, he can't do that. How can Ian Wright be playing up front for us? And so all the time after he said that, he bowled me out like that. I knew I was playing. And then on the Thursday, he told me I was playing. And then on the Saturday morning, I think it was a Saturday morning, it was the day of the game. I remember he came to our room, mine and Paul Ince's room. He knocked the door and it was the gaffer, right? So I was in there. It was so, it was amazing. It's was, it was, it was, it one of those moments that um, like now I look back, it was, a prop, it was a proper moment in my life, right? So Paul Ince come in and you got Paul Ince. He walked in to yeah, the gaffer. And he said, I said, what, what's, what's happening? And he said, I'm captain for tomorrow. Wow. He walked towards me and we just hugged. Oh my God. We just hugged. Moments like yeah, that. We just Moment hugged. Like that. It was a beautiful moment. And like, I remember, I remember Paul Ince because we, we played that day. So we, we have to sleep in the afternoon and then we're sleeping. And I remember Paul Ince was sleeping and I was sleeping and he, he woke up. We're going to win. Oh, we're going to win. You know, like when someone jumps out of sleep. He was down to sleep, but he woke up and said, we're going to win. Oh, we're going to win. Because he was like, that's how deep <laughs> it was. He was he was thinking about it. But me, Moose, me guys, I literally couldn't sleep. I don't think I've yeah. been as frightened of a situation in my whole life. And the thing about it is, yeah. why I'm pleased about it, and why I tell you about it now, is because I know that was the best 90 minutes of football I've ever played. And I oh should have scored. Is that what you're saying? Do you you're know, not saying that's you know, the best is, It's the best because there were so many I people that were, were negative towards me starting because mm. they said I couldn't. I was playing against Maldini, Carnivaro. I can't remember the right back because them three names on their own. Was, you know? <laughs> but I remember I closed all of them down. The only thing that could have topped it off for me for it to be the perfect game is for me to have scored. But I hit the, the front of the post. Remember, I got past Carnivaro. I remember I got past him and it was one of those where the ball came over the top. Right, he said, I uh, can't remember who was playing right back. Yeah, who was playing right Just this, and I'm sure if you've heard of him, a guy called <laughs> Alessandro Nesta. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Mr. Twain. What happened to him? He was crossing about it. Unbelievable. Nesta, oh my God, I can't believe it. That's my mum's name. <laughs> Sank without a trace. How can I forget that? And that's my mum's name. But can I say, I clipped it past him. And then I was, and all I could remember was I was running out of space. I, was, I thought this is going to go out of play, but I, then I stopped it. But I knew that I wouldn't have enough time because someone's going to be charging back to the goal. And then I knew that the goalkeeper's going to be coming somewhere because I'd gone past. Mm. So when I stopped it and instantly I just tried to whip it in. And the, the reason why I know it was so close, because it hit the front of the post and went straight out to Teddy Sheringham. Yes. Right. And I thought Teddy Sheringham, with the way he plays, he's just going to slot it back to me and I could just put it inside. He tried to shoot, it broke. And then it broke, bam. It went out to um, Italy's midfield, out to the left. And then it went down yes. the left. They crossed it. Christian Vieri. All I, I went down on my knees because when the cross went, when the cross came in, all I saw was Dave Seaman. You know, when a goalkeeper, you know that your goalkeeper's beaten. Yes. Dave Seaman just done a move like, oh, I'm beaten here. And I was just waiting for it to hit the net and it missed. It missed. It was like, the last time I saw Dave Seaman like that was when 
he was scrambling for Naeem. Oh no. Okay. okay. Wow. You know? wow. And the thing about it is, if you see Dave Seaman scrambling, we, we that's he's probably getting beaten. Because it didn't happen a lot. It didn't happen a lot. Because I'm thinking to myself, I know I've played that the best 90 minutes of a football match in with, with a game where people didn't expect me to, to be able to play like that because of the skill set I supposedly have. I played off instinct. I can't link play. I'm not going to be able to do it. Can I read you this theatre they started at 11? And go the on, substitute please. one. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Angelo Peruzzi, Alessandro Nesta, Paolo Maldini was captain in 1997. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Dimitrio Albertini, Fabio Cannavaro, Alessandro Costa Curta, <gasps> Angelo Delivio got sent oh, off, oh, Dino Baggio, God. Christian Vieri, Gianfranco Zola, Pippo Inzaghi, uh, Benarivo, Chiesa, Del Piero came on. That's terrifying. <laughs> You look at it, the thing with the tournament, we played against Brazil, France, and Italy. And we beat, we beat Italy. And they had a similar team. I think Chiro Ferraro was playing when, um, in that game. Yeah. It was Paul yeah. Scholes' debut. Um, I remember it well because I set him up for the goal. And, yeah. um, you know, we were, we, were, we were brilliant against Italy. And we knew we had to play them later in the year. And mm. we knew that it was coming. So we beat them 2-0. And we beat them 2 0 at a canter. And it was. And you scored that beauty, yeah, right? Scored you scored that goal that beauty, with Paul yeah. Scholes. Paul Scholes just pulled it down. No one closed him. And I just, bam, I just set off. Just and the blast. Pass, the spin on the pass. The, the spin pass on the pass. Done, Moose. Again, when you're dealing with that kind of caliber of player, Paul Scholes hit a pass where when it bounced, you have to watch it. It actually kind of bounced and it sits up. Yeah, it comes back. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I didn't have to do any thinking. And this is, this is what people like Glenn Oddle done. This is what Gaza done. This is what Beckham does. They pass the ball. You don't do no thinking. Just go and shoot. Just go and finish it. It was sitting up. It was on my left foot, my weaker foot. I just went, bam. You know what I mean? And it just, and it just went in. Across the keeper, yeah, I remember. The left and right. the thing with, with that game is that when we beat them, and we beat them like we did, there was a time we was playing a kind of keep ball. They couldn't get the ball off of us. Yeah, so by the yeah. time, when we came to play them, they had a whole different kind of mindset when we were in the tunnel with them because by this time, Gaza was playing. Oh my God. Gaza yeah, was yeah. playing in that game. And Gaza was being Gaza in the tunnel, shouting all sorts of Italian stuff, saying stuff to us. But then when you looked at the Italians, guys, they were looking at us with uncomfortable faces, uncomfortable yes. smiles, looking at your boots, like laughing with Gaza because laughing. Whereas mm. you'd, they would have been very focused, but they were laughing with him because they were afraid of us. Yeah. Do you know what it's like? They were like when Wu-Tang came in the rap game. You know how nobody beefed with Wu-Tang? It was like, just don't do it. You just don't do it. I was going to, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Go on. So the year's nearly done. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Get in the bin. Yeah. Yep. The nicest possible. Mm. Oh, no, actually mm. not even in the No, no, I, I like this. I, I, I like this. Nastiest possible like way 2020. Get in the fucking bin. But talking football, what's Mm -hmm. been your favourite football moment this year? Mine was watching Liverpool lift the Premier League. When we was younger, my my older brother supported Liverpool. Liverpool was everything in the house. And you know what I mean? I I remember I had to go and watch Millwall, so I had an affinity with them. But for Liverpool to go to 30 years and then get it and the way they got it, when we were talking about Man City, we were talking about Man City are going to now dominate with Pep for the next 10 years. Right, not knowing all the time that Klopp 
and the way that Liverpool and their recruitment and the recruitment of Klopp and the recruitment of players and what they've done, under the undercover, they were just like, we're making our plans, bro. Carry on doing. You win, do what you stop. Mm-hmm. Beaten by 25 points that year. Next season, one point. Next season, Liverpool literally obliterated them. B- obliterated them. It was like the mentality plan. and change and shift from a team, from a club that is, they're meant to be there, but they've been 30 years in the wilderness, man, trying to get there. And the great players that they've had, trying to get them to get to where they are now. And like Jordan Henderson lifting the trophy and doing his stuff. Liverpool lifting the trophy, for me, is it was a symbolic moment for me, for a team that's back, a club that is back. You know what I mean? I look at my own club right now and I'm thinking, you know what? If I know that 30 years time when I'm not here, that that's what they're doing, I'll be happy. Because if that's how you go down and come back, I'll be very happy with that. Because Liverpool are, at the moment, elite. Yeah. Yes, yes. Top tier. I had a different one, but I'm going to join you with that. Because I think actually as a Manchester United fan, Mm. I think it's quite symbolic to say that I share your view on that. As a Manchester United fan, but as a football fan first, mm-hmm. the way that Liverpool won was so decisive and so classy and so stylish, especially given the challenges around that club, the controversy mm. to come through and have a team drawn from so many sources, young players, older players, all the rest of it. Jordan Henderson at the centre was doubted so much. It's such a strong footballing story. And I remember... Shout out to Tim and Matt, two very good friends of mine, great Liverpool fans, strong friends of mine from the law school days who, they were at the uh, Champions League final in 2005, 3-0 down at half time. I remember texting them and Matt remember this. I sent a text at half time going, and this is, you know, United fan talking, Liverpool fans going, get a goal back early in the second half and everything changes. And they were so, they were so stressed out. They were so heartbroken, mm. like, and of course Liverpool did it. And I was so happy for them a lot of United fans will hate to hear this, but I was so happy for my friends mm. to see the joy it gave them in yeah. 05. And I was so happy for them as a friend to them because when your club wins a league title in your lifetime, mm. I, when United won the treble, it was 1999. It was my first year at uni. And I've said so many times on my own podcast, Stadio, I jumped out of my first floor window and ran around the yard. It was a Wednesday night. <laughs> oh and I celebrated. Days, yes, so. man. And the fact that my friends who are Liverpool fans got to enjoy that and shout yeah. out to Harry Sethi as well. Mm. My little friends got to enjoy that in their lifetimes. I'm like, brilliant. Mm. I shout you on that, Ian. I love brilliant. that. I love that for them. Yeah, that is a good shout. When you said it, it didn't, it didn't really think about it like that. But I think I'm going to go with actually football just coming back. Mm-hmm. The yeah. restart. Mm-hmm. Because wow. we, the, the year has been absolutely crazy. And there was this real thing about sport and football coming back and what sense of normality that kind of brought back to society mm. so for me that was a big big yes. deal Albeit, yeah there were no fans but it was the fact right there's going to be football one and we're going to be able to watch every single game mm. like that is and for me that was a massive massive deal just because you could see how much it meant yeah. to so many people and then for Liverpool to be able to come back during the restart and do what they did Without any fans at Anfield, for me, like that is elite. Mm. Like you, you've taken your plate, your your head and your headspace to somewhere completely different. So I'd have to pick that as being quite a a big seminal moment mm. in the year where mm. football was allowed mm. to resume. That's that for me. I love definitely. the fact that it like people and the government and everybody football. You know, th- they had to recognise that this it is what important. people need. People need yeah. it. 
we need it like in our veins, bro. I need I need football in my veins. Your, vit- your vitamins. My vitamins. <laughs> football gives me all my vitamins. Right, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm going for a goal and it's Hall in second goal against PSG at the best one. Yeah, Just because if you look at it now, it's it kind of seems like a bit of another time. Mm, yeah. But that thing mm, in the yeah. group earlier about being at the last Dortmund home game before the winter break last season, and it was yeah. a tradition that this children's choir would sing Christmas carols to the Sudrabuna, which was already full before the game, and they would all sing back and like wow, clap. That is awesome. like, I want to see that. I want to witness that. The goal Aww. against PSG was kind of, for me, it's just such a moment of joy, and it came just after PSG had equalised. And it was like Rayner, who was 17 at the time, um, to Holland, who was 20. Who, mm. uh, no, who was ni- he, Holland was still 19, actually. And the sound of the net, which mm-hmm. is now take for granted, but at the time, hearing the sound of the net in the Westfalen is like nice. something that doesn't happen. You won't and get it. And just a joyful celebration, like Holland's on the floor and Witzel and Re- there's an amazing shot where Witzel and Rayner jump into shot and they're like two puppies. Oh Everything we love about football condensed into 10 seconds, I think. Extending that on, I really hope that obviously providing the rest of the world gets back to some kind of safe normality that we get to see that again in football because yes. I, I yeah. really, really miss mm. it. So, Musa, Jeanette, Ryan, thanks for coming to the house in this festive Happy time. New Year, Happy man. Happy New Year. 2021 is going to be, I know... Let's roll it. Uh, twenty twenty one, Jeanette, is going to be, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to happen. So listen, guys, I'll speak to you soon. Take it easy. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to Righty's House. Thank you very much to Ryan Hun, Mr. Kwanga, and Jeanette Kwashe. Been brilliant up to this point. What can I say? All the best for next year, everybody. You know, it's been tough for everybody. Just go for it and be positive with it. And um, we'll see you again um, in the new year. Take it easy.